0: that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Litmer, and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And I'd like to talk to you today about some things you need to know about the Bible. The Bible. There has never been a book like it, and there will never again be another book like it. It is absolutely unique. A true Bible teacher recognizes that it is far more important for him to instill in his students the desire to study the Bible for themselves, the desire to search the scriptures to see whether or not what he has taught is true, than to merely declare to the class things that he's gleaned from his own study and expect them to accept it. A person may listen to a thousand sermons, He may go to 2,000 Bible classes, but he will not have begun to grow and show a proper respect for God's Word until he begins to study it on his own for himself. How much does the average adult really know about the Bible? I'm afraid the answer is very little indeed. How many are aware of its worth, of its importance, of its purposes, and of the treasures that it holds? Precious few. How many hold God's word in the reverence that they should, or have the respect for it that they ought to have? Frankly, not very many. What I would like to do in this episode is talk about several things that all men need to know and to believe about the Bible. But first, let's take the negative side. Here are ten commonly held misconceptions about the Bible that no person should believe. Understand that Satan is tickled to death when a person believes any one of these. Number one, there are many people who believe and teach that the Bible is a fraud, a deception, a book that only purports to be a divine revelation. This view makes the Bible the work of cunning, evil men. This is a view that we often hear from atheists and other such infidels. Secondly, there are those who believe and teach that the Bible came entirely from the mind of man and is, therefore, purely the work of human wisdom. It would follow, then, that the Bible makes false claims and is filled with numerous errors and contradictions because it is from the mind of man and is a work of antiquity. All who reject the divine inspiration of the scriptures take this position whether they like it or not. Thirdly, there are still others who believe and teach that the Bible was written by honest and sincere men who mistakenly thought that God was communicating with them and was guiding them in their writing. This view would make the Bible the product of good but deluded men and would bring it down to the level of all other so-called divine revelations. You know, there are many religious people, even some who claim to worship Jesus, who believe this about the Bible. Fourthly, some believe and teach that the Bible is inspired in thought or in substance, but not in word. They believe that God provided the ideas and man supplied his own words. Again, with this view, we would expect to find numerous errors in the Bible, and we would have a great deal of difficulty arriving at the original thoughts that came from God. In spite of this, many take this view of the Bible. In the fifth place, there are others who believe and teach, that the Bible contains only part of the will of God. This is a position that is taken by many religious groups of today, such as the Mormons, who believe that there is another testament of Jesus Christ after the Bible, the Book of Mormon. The Catholics teach that more of the will of God is contained in the traditions preserved and passed down through the ages by the Catholic Church. Still others say that various prophets have existed since the completion of the Bible who have revealed additional parts of the will of God. Some say that God's will can be found in human reasoning, human experience, or in the writings of great philosophers. The bottom line is that the Bible as we have it now is incomplete and inadequate to reveal God's will. There are others who believe in the sixth place, and they might believe and teach. that The Bible as we have it is completely outmoded, out of date, archaic, and totally irrelevant for modern man. Seventh, some teach and believe that the Bible cannot be understood without the interpretation or explanation of the proper authorities or the right organization. The Roman Catholic Church points to the teaching magisterium, while the Jehovah's Witnesses point to the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. A very common misconception is number eight, that many believe and teach is that the Bible cannot be understood alike by honest men and women, people who are diligent students and are sincerely trying to understand it. I believe that's propaganda that has been accepted by most religious people and that has discouraged many from even trying to read and understand the Bible. In the ninth place there are still others who believe and teach that the Bible is not authoritative. It is a good book but more of a loose general guide to living rather than a complete and absolute guide. And then tenth, there are even some who believe that the Bible is a sacred book that is good to have around and that will bless you and benefit you as long as you believe that it is God's Word. This almost makes the Bible into a talisman or a good luck charm. Now I'm sure that there are other misconceptions of the Bible, but these are ten of the most common ones. It is important to realize that all ten of them are wrong. All ten of the views that we have mentioned originated in the mind of Satan. And the fact that so many people believe one or more of these misguided views of the scriptures is proof that Satan is still operating and trying to turn people from the truth. Now then, how about the positive side? I want to present in this episode seven things that all people need to believe about the Bible and we need to believe all seven if we want to go to heaven when we die. First of all, mankind needs to believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God, that it is the revelation of God and his will unto man. The writers of it make the bold claim that they were writing under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Thus saith Jehovah, the word of the Lord came unto me, these kinds of statements are made over and over again. What they wrote did not come from the will of man. Looking at 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, we find, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Indeed, the very words found within his pages are not man's words, but the words given unto them by God. Paul makes this very point in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 12 and 13. He said, Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Secondly, we all need to believe that the writers were honest men and reliable witnesses who told the truth, even when the truth was sometimes rather embarrassing to them personally. Such men were Moses, Joshua, Jeremiah, and others in the Old Testament. Such men were Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, James, Peter, and Jude, the writers of the New Testament. Look at the stirring words of 2 Peter chapter 1, this time verses 16 through 18. He wrote, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eye witnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which, we, which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. John wrote in First John chapter 1 and verse 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. All of these men were honest and sincere and totally reliable witnesses. Third, we all need to believe that the Bible is the complete revelation of God's will to man, containing all that God has to say to us in this life, containing all that we need to know, need to believe, and need to do. We are told in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for all uh, good works. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 tells us that we have been given all things that pertain unto life and godliness. My friends, if it thoroughly furnishes us, and if we have been given all things that pertain unto life and godliness, then that's all there is. There isn't any more. We all need to believe the Bible is still perfect, complete, and all-sufficient, even after the passing of almost 1900 years. Does God, being God, have the power to provide man with a guide that will be sufficient for all time to come? Does God, being God, have the power to preserve it by his providence? Yes, he does. Consider 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 23 and 25, where he wrote, "...being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever." For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falleth thereof away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. We all need to believe that the Bible is authoritative and binding upon us all as an absolute standard. I don't know how much clearer it could be made in 2 John 9. John said, "...whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son." In the sixth place, we all need to believe that the Bible is understandable, that it is comprehensible. Does God have all power, and is he therefore able to do all things? The answer to that question is yes. Is the Bible revelation of God's will to man? The answer is yes. Was God able to reveal his will to men in language or in words that they could understand? The answer is yes. Can man then understand the Bible? Well, what do you think? Are we to conclude that God wasn't able to make his word understandable? Are we to believe that he chose not to make his word understandable? Who can believe that? Let's read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, where Paul wrote, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. As Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Finally, my friends, we all need to believe that the Bible is the perfect and complete guide to the individual in all relationships and in all circumstances of life. To the individual in becoming and being a Christian. To congregations in all that they are to be and to do. We need to believe that the Bible answers all our important questions and provides the solutions to all of our serious problems. We must fashion our homes, run our businesses, regulate our jobs, conduct our very lives by it. It will guide us in being husbands and wives, parents and citizens, friends and neighbors, and brethren if we are Christians. The Bible is indeed the hope of the world. The communication of the Creator to His creatures. Do we reverence and respect it as the Word of God and give it the place in our hearts and lives that it really deserves? Let me tell you something, my friends. We need to listen to what God's Word says. We need to believe the Gospel that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God and allow that belief to move us forward to repentance, whereby we turn from sin, being godly sorry about them. Then it needs us to confess our faith in Jesus as the Lord, like the Ethiopian eunuch did in Acts chapter 8, and we need to be baptized for the remission of our sins, as we read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. These are important things to consider, my friends. There is nothing like the Bible. Please, give serious consideration to these things.